Welcome back to the Corner Game Table, a podcast about board games, the people who play them, and the amazing experiences that are just waiting to be had when you sit down with other people around a game table. I'm joined here around this magnificent game table before us with the other board members. Andrew, say hello, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Did we, or is it still mahogany? We previously established it was a mahogany table. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, okay, I, I mean, it hasn't mod- it hasn't adjusted itself since okay. the last time we said. Well, you know, it's, I just still made out sure. of the same you never principal know. materials. Right. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm here. I'm happy. <laughs> We're having a great time already. And Heather. Hello. Hello. We didn't. You didn't mean we didn't like upgrade to any gaming mats or anything? We don't have anything. Maybe some like coasters on the table now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's the second show, right? <laughs> we'll get there. We got to get some coasters as like a Kickstarter reward or something, yeah, and then we'll be all set. Yeah, a, str- a stretch yeah. goal, stretch get goal. <laughs> four or five in the can at least, and then we'll talk. <laughs> all right, and last but not least, Drew. I'm actually not here. This is an AI-generated voice. <laughs> oh, completely AI-generated. <laughs> and hello, yeah. everyone. I'm glad that you all are here. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> I actually got about, I actually, at Origins, I actually got about uh, three or four people that were following us on whatever streaming platform that they have. Fantastic. It was, I love it. Nice. It was, it was more, it was more forced than anything, but it's okay. Yeah. It was. <laughs> they were following us after you threw them to the ground and said, right. I won't let you right, up until right. you follow this. this yeah. thing. Okay. You grabbed their phone and purposefully took care of That's it. That's okay. Them. It works. It works for me. Wow. Y'all took it way dark. Y'all think I'm that bad? God. I just looked at, I, I, I go for emotional. That's more of my thing. I was like, are, are you really my friend? You should be following this podcast. That's right. He's not going to give away his trade secrets. Yeah. <laughs> I just did. That was it. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like a little, you know, emotional blackmail to get right. people to, to you pay attention to what you're people follow your podcast. It's too close to home. I have a 14 year old girl in uh, high school right now. The emotional blackmail thing is a little too close. So. <laughs> all right, I've triggered Andrew. We're gonna yep. calm down. I'm gonna go right. back. Okay, all right, all right. But anyways well speaking of origins i think we're gonna gonna talk about that today i'm excited so yeah so that's our first topic today origins game fair in columbus ohio uh it's two of the four of us got to go and i'm excited to hear about your experiences yeah drew and i got to go we had a we had a nice fun time drew finally got to meet my husband oh (laughs) yeah became best friends immediately (laughs) instantly I, I remember we were sitting at dinner. I looked at Heather and I said, "Be very glad that I met you first. Otherwise, you wouldn't oh have my a chance gosh. of friendship." <laughs> yep. Yeah, he did. He did say that. That's <laughs> the audacity. Funny. That's so funny. <laughs> no, we had a great time. It was my first time going. Uh, Drew, it was your first time too, right? It was. It was my uh, very first time going, uh, and it was a lot bigger than expected. But also, yes, it just it just felt um, busier than the other ones that uh, Heather and I have been to so far. That's what I was saying. I felt like it was because um, I kept telling people I felt like it was bigger than Pax Unplugged. Everyone uh, is pretty surprised to to hear that, but I just think the convention center was so much bigger. Like it was more spread out. Oh, I'd agree with that. And there was also a lot more stuff that was going on there than it was at PAX Unplugged. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we've we've been to a variety of different uh, uh, different other ones. Uh, probably the largest that I've been to so far this year has been PAX East. Um, oh, yeah, but, that makes sense. But um, 
I kind of stayed in this little small corner because that's where the board gaming area was and where the tabletop games were. So right. it was, uh, and, and I, I don't know, it's because maybe because the place was so massive, it didn't feel like, you know, you were in the way of people or, you know, anything like that. And I definitely didn't feel that way at Origins. Uh, I, that's the one thing I laugh about is because, goodness gracious, those those uh, walkways were incredibly wide, and I appreciated that so oh, much. Oh, they were, yeah. I heard that when we go to Gen Con, it's just going to be like shoulder to shoulder people is what people keep warning me about. Oh, my gosh. Have you never <laughs> been to Gen Con before? No. Oh, never yeah. Been. The, the, if, this will be you, our first time. Pick, if you could pick two consumer-facing shows with significant exhibitor halls that were more opposite, I I challenge you. Uh, between mm-hmm. Origins and Gen Con, because Origins has always been a much more laid back show. Like they, they really, um, they've always kind of appreciated creature comforts. Like they actually have like a quiet room that you can go and just be like, yes, away. They, from, did, they, they yeah. don't do that stuff at Gen Con. They even had like a family room, like yep, for, set up for like kids and things like that. There were a lot of kids there. Yeah, right. I, cool awesome. to see. I got a good taste of what Gen Con is probably going to be like because I went to uh, UK Games earlier in the uh, in the month and that was their largest expo they ever had. And I was like, yes, I'm definitely sure that is very true. Uh, and so I it was hard to just like walk, move around, things like that. And I was like, this is probably what it's going to be like at Gen Con more than mm. likely. So yeah, watching some of those videos that people have made of uh, like the doors opening at Gen Con to the, you know, to the expo hall. No, thank you. And it's just this rush of people oh, like the no. rest of the building is on fire <laughs> and everyone's trying to get out. through those doors. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't know if I could. Uh, I don't know if I could exist in that. Without freaking <laughs> well, if, you want, if you want to talk about a, a large place, I have been to Essen. And uh, in order to give my kids like a flavor of what Essen was like, because my my older two have been to PAX Unplugged, I started at the like the one end of hall one and I turned my phone on video and I just like held it in front of my chest and I walked through hall one um, through hall two and across. There's like kind of this like open area where they have like food and stuff, which is super awesome. Um, And I think I I think. I didn't go through hall three because two and three are like parallel to each other. And then through hall four, through hall five, and then through hall six, because they're, it's huge. And yeah, I was going to say that's already a lot. <laughs> it, it was, it was just walking through. I didn't stop at any booths. It was a 13 minute video on my phone, just walking through the halls. Um, that's wild. It's, it is insanely large. Yeah, I'll be, I will be going to that one this year. And Drew, <laughs> uh, we don't know if Drew's going yet or not you got to get that spiral fence. potato thing spiral potato have you thing. never seen the pictures okay. of the spiral potato thing i have not there's this there's this spiral potato thing if you ask people about it they'll know what you're talking about <laughs> you have to get it it's like four <laughs> euro Essen. and it's totally worth it it's it's so delicious it, just imagine eating a ju- like a a single potato but it's mm-hmm. a curly fry like i think i have seen that oh, i can get so into that good. best yeah. so best good. i can get is a potato pancake and if you said that i knew exactly what you i mean i'm just about. excited for the german food <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah although i did true, have true. i did have um what what the heck is that thing it's like something uh i don't remember it's some german something worse currywurst oh oh gross. currywurst D- yeah. don't do it no it's disgusting no oh, i love currywurst go, you know what i i love you heather <laughs> you, but like heather. I, I love you a little bit less right now i'm sorry 
Um, I can't help it. I lived there for a while. Oh, eh, all right. So you were indoctrinated. Okay, that's a different yeah. thing. That's a different thing. But It's like street food. Yeah, but it was gross. Well, was it at the convention center, though? No, I got it at a restaurant because they were like, it's currywurst. I have to get it. And I oh. did, and I was very disappointed. Yeah, well, maybe there's... And that guy next to me was like, this food's amazing. <laughs> like, he, was, he had something else. And I was like, well, I got the crap end of the stick on this one. Oh, no. Yeah, it was not good. But the beer is excellent. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> well, and speaking of German food, I mean, that's what we did our first night at Origins. We went and had... Uh, went and ate at this place called Schmidt's mm-hmm. in Columbus, Ohio, which is apparently, like, pretty famous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of people were like, you got to go eat at Schmidt's. And it was really really good cool we had some great beer oh it was great so good. uh conversations that pump was us up for the convention <laughs> that was your husband that was your husband's birthday so it yeah. was he turned 40 the first day of Woo! origins so nice. we were able to celebrate with beers and yummy food it's the best way to have it yeah that's the way to do it <laughs> but oh, i'm trying to think goodness. i mean for my let's see drew what was your favorite game that you saw at origins that I saw. I think I know mine. I, I want to know what yours is because I, I okay. okay I didn't I, okay <clears throat> uh, just because of work I didn't get the opportunity to play test uh, a lot of games uh, and if I was to name off any games they would be just games that are in creation right now and I would kind of feel bad to kind of well <laughs> well I mean I guess I could they're not published yet but I don't know I don't know I, I whatever we say here I'll I'll describe you got them. a sneak peek I got yeah. Uh, so at the end of the convention, I um, I just had to simply walk over and go to the unpub room because I said I need to make my quota of meetings. But I was like, this is going to be the best place and opportunity for me to have that. Yeah. And I was like, but I also get to actually sit down and play the games and not just sit here and talk to these people and let them tell me about their games, which, you know, that's fine. You right. know, it sounds lovely uh, whenever I'm at a booth and they say that, but you know, it's different when you're able to sit down and play it. So mm-hmm. I do like that they have that unpub room. I think that's a really cool yeah. thing. The unpub room was was fantastic. I and so now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I actually got to play a lot more than I thought of. So mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, Heather, I'm gonna let you go first. What was what was your favorite <laughs> game? Well, I actually have it right here, <laughs> and I ordered it, and it was thanks to Drew that I went over to their booth. But it's Black Hole Rainbows. Damn it, I knew you were going to pick that. I yeah. knew it. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost so this, a Soundgarden game. This right. uh, Drew actually was like, you got to go check out this game. It's amazing. Like, he had checked it out. And so my husband and I went over there and demoed it the second day. And immediately I was like, oh, this game's going to be like a hot ticket game. Like, this is a really good gateway game. It's easy to learn. It's quick to play it can get real chaotic real fast but it's just fun just a fun game what's and the it premise? has nice quality components so essentially you are trying to collect light stones to put into your black hole they have this like rubber mat this rubber circular mat and you oh, have to get light stones so in different good. colors it's seven light stones and you're collecting them from this galaxy mat but you're also you can steal them from other players using action cards hmm. um and you roll this scatter die uh, the, the first thing on your turn is you roll a scatter die and that determines if you're passing light stones to another player or you're taking one from the center. And then your, your second thing you do on your turn is you place light stones from your supply into your black hole. If you're able to place all seven, 
then you dump your black hole out into the galaxy mat in the center of the table and you get a coin. And the whole goal is to get coins. You and depending on how many people are playing, like uh, we just played it with five people. You had to first person to six coins wins. Hmm. Um, so once you've done that, step three is optional. You can uh, spend a light stone in front of you in your supply. Um, basically sacrifice it to roll this um, supernova dark, like glittery die. Um, that's a D20, I believe. And it has um, on maybe four of the different sides. It's got like a sun symbol on it, which is the same symbol on the coins. It was three. So it can, was a very low percentage. Yeah, you can spend uh, a light stone to roll that. So you're basically gambling to try to roll that um, sun symbol. And that's another way to get a coin. And then the last thing you do, and that's optional. The last thing you do is mine two light stones from the galaxy mat and then draw a card. The cards you can play anytime. So you can play them on any person's turn. It gets really chaotic. Um, it basically just pauses whoever's turn it is, and then you can resolve the cards. Then you just pick up with whoever's turn it got paused on. But we played it, and I was immediately like, this is going to be a really hot ticket game. And we didn't. We made the mistake of not buying it like right then. Because Saturday evening, I was like, we got to go buy it like before the Expo Hall closes. It was sold out. Like sold out on Saturday. Wow. And they still had one more day to go. So they were giving away like coupon codes so you could order it. So we just ordered it right then. Mm-hmm. Well, they well they were also having a deal on it too. So, I mean, that thing was going to go quick anyways. Yeah, yeah. It's normally $60. Um, but they were, the convention deal was 40 bucks. Yeah. Oh, and uh, with the coupon code that you could get at the convention afterwards, <laughs> when it sold out, it was like 48 Hmm. online That's but not bad. yeah it's super quick to play plays up to six players i would say it maybe takes 30 minutes to play even younger gamers can play it and it's self-published the guy self-published it yeah and they're right. just about to ask who that's from I, I didn't see the logo yeah the the logo says june dune hmm. like june the month and dune like the novel the novel, <laughs> novel. the movie the movie yeah. that's it no they made a novel based on that movie they did <laughs> oh goodness so surprisingly i was going to say the exact same thing as heather with black coal rainbows it was it was it's a so fun. it was a lot of fun and if you know in a busy day of where everything was going out it was nice to just kind of like tune everything out and play this and it Mm -hmm. was it was nice because you know it wasn't anything that made my brain sit there and have to think so hard on the strategy things like that because it 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 is it is very much luck and strategy and i think Mm -hmm. i think the guy told me that it was 60 percent luck 40 percent strategy or the other way around i don't Mm, remember but it's well um, and it's good for all ages like that was the thing that surprised me is i was like my son could definitely play this game and we we literally right before this podcast i was like i gotta go i got a podcast to record like (laughs) but we taught it to my husband's grandma who's like 84 came over with her sister who's 80 and we sat them down and they learned to play it and they picked it up very quickly awesome Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and so uh, if we're talking the exhib- Exhibitor Hall, that one was probably uh, the favorite, my favorite new game that I was able to pick out and see um, yeah. out of that. There were a lot of other interesting ones that I didn't get the chance to play, but I did see. And there were so many of them that I thought, wow, this is uh, 
this is very entertaining. This is very cool to look at and to see. One of the games that I do recall was you are trying to solve a mystery and it was you're on the chase for a serial killer. So that one was very uh, entertaining to kind of see. Small, independent, self-published. It was a very interesting game. A lot of the components and pieces were very beautiful. Uh, could I tell you how it is? No, I didn't get the chance to play because it, it was just display. So mm. uh, that was one that intrigued me. Quite Do you know bit. what the name of that was? Uh, I have their card, and so I would have to go through that to be specific, and I apologize. But I'm trying to think of other things outside of Black Hole Rainbow because I should have thought Heather was going to say that, but <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you. And she produced a copy of it right I there, yeah, which yeah. is pretty impressive. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you one that surprised me that has been out for a while that I got to play that I didn't know if i was gonna like it or not and i purely signed up for it for my husband because he's a fan was star wars x-wing i had never played it oh really didn't know anything about it and walked up to a table with like six other guys and my husband (laughs) to play the game and i just didn't know and everyone was like super welcoming and honestly it was very easy to learn and i actually really liked it i was that was one that like surprised me I really like uh, X-Wing. I, I haven't pivoted from the f- the first edition to the second edition yet, mm-hmm. um, but everybody says that the second edition is just that much easier. Um, I, I didn't really feel like the first one was really all that difficult to pick up, but I'm sure there's things that they found to streamline. Have you guys seen the, there's a webcomic, which is like a guy and his son, and they picked up like the first like little starter set for X-Wing, and the wife comes along and is like, Star Wars X-Wing, this looks like a collectible game. And the, the husband's like, no, it's not a big deal. And then like in the next panel, it's just like he's wearing like a rebel helmet yeah, and right. like the room is covered and he's just like hunched over like mistakes were made. Like that yeah. is- they're shoulder deep in minis and X-Wing minis. Because you have and- to buy all the different ships yeah, 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 yeah. and everything, right? Yeah, like yeah. so, I mean, first of all, like I, I hate that characterization of men in, in the hobby, but I digress. That's a different topic. Um, <laughs> but like that's my fear and that's why I don't touch any of those games. There, right. I, that's why I don't. I, I can't say I don't own any fantasy flight games. Like I do have Marvel Champions, but mm-hmm. I, uh, there's no chance I'm touching one of those games. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I eventually want to get there to that point, just because I can't. I'm going to sit back, and people are going to tell me, "Oh, you're not a real Star Wars fan if you haven't played this board game yet." Yeah. Like, God, <laughs> gatekeepers can get out of my house. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all set with that. I'm like, cool. You raise children. And you'll figure out real quick that you don't have the space and the money for that stuff. Oh, right. of course, of course. Um, so here are the here are the other games. Uh, kind of pivoting uh, in the in the conversation. One of the things that I did remember when it came to the unpub room and some of the games that I saw. One of the games that is getting uh, self published uh, within like the next month or so, and I, I don't know how much longer it is until they actually get the Kickstarter out. But uh, the game is called. Cretaceous, such as the Cretaceous period. So the idea is you are a hunter going back in time, established with scientists. You've made this base, and you're walking out, and you're going out and collecting dinosaurs. Now, I I like it because of the aesthetic and the fact that it has that 8-bit type of art to it. And so that's kind of what that is. That's a little holographic card that they gave there with the... uh, that whenever you do play the game and it's um it's a lot of dice rolling yeah you're losing life 
trying to collect as many dinosaurs as possible. First one to 35 victory points is the winner. It was fairly quick, too. It was played in about 30, 35 minutes. Is it just um, cards and dice? It was... So it has meeple, and Mm -hmm. there are honeycomb-shaped cards, which I thought was really interesting, honeycomb-shaped cards. And you have to actually leave the base and go discover place to place. And so as you're leaving, um, you go, you flip over the card, encounter a dinosaur, and you roll dice and to see if you beat that particular dinosaur. You have to get a certain color of the die on the pips in order to get it. So, for example, uh, if the card says you got to have three green pips uh, or three dice uh, with green or yellow, that's what you have to do. Same thing with if the card says you have to have five uh, red. So it's a lot of dice and dice rolling, but as long as you have yellow is kind of the middle of it, and then whatever particular color the card says. So yellow counts as whatever you are supposed to get. So it is a very interesting thing where you collect the dinosaur, then you have to go back to the base, and you might have to fight other dinosaurs on the way and encounter them and collect them. But you also try your best not to lose life, because if you lose all your lives, you go back to the medical center, and you put the cards, uh, you lose all the dinosaurs that you've collected. So it's a very simple, like, I described it way too much in detail, than what it actually is and supposed to be because that's my personality and who I am. But um, (laughs) it is incredibly, and I mean incredibly, simple and easy. I thought it was really cool, so just kind of sticking out for that um, as well. Uh, It is is pretty good. You can actually find them on Facebook and Instagram. Cretaceous Board Game is where you can find them at. So I I recommended it. It was pretty cool. And uh, they were very receptive to feedback. And I told them, I said, this is a really, really cool game. It is. um, I was like, there's maybe one or two things that possibly need to be tweaked, but it wasn't anything, Mm -hmm. nothing major. It was just like, hey, this is an idea. Why not try this? So... So, yeah. Well, and there might be people listening, Drew, that don't know what the Unpub Room is. Ooh, okay. All right. So, Heather, do you want to eloquently explain that <laughs> well, since I, I went into just... so much detail, oh, took okay. up so much time? You know. <laughs> well, I mean, it basically just stands for unpublished. So, I know, like, there was one at um, PAX Unplugged, I believe, had mm-hmm. an Unpub yep. Room. Yep. Um, yeah, I know more conventions are trying to have the Unpub Room. Um, and I think it's just a, it's a great spot for designers and people who don't have their games published yet to reserve spots in the room where people can come play their games and demo them and give feedback. And yeah, it's a great place to try out games that aren't even out yet and maybe help someone curate their game, you know, even in the direction to get published. It's just a really cool place to make connections on the, on the other side. The Unpub Room is really, really helpful if you are a board game designer. And because here's the problem, uh, I say this because my daughter is designing games and I'm I'm designing a game. Like, you're gonna play that game with your family and your friends, and those are the only people who are gonna see it the first twenty times you play test it. Right. It's incredibly valuable to get lots of people to come in. So when you go in, you're not like taking advantage of the fact that there's all these games that you can sit down and play for free. You're actually helping all of those mm-hmm. people get unbiased opinions because like 
my wife is gonna you know rip my game to pieces but also she loves me and she's not like she's you know <laughs> right. i think i'm pretty she'll sure. stop when you start crying right <laughs> exactly exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. mine would have kept but, going so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean it's just like it's just a little bit more honest of an opinion sometimes if, yeah. if you don't know the person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's well, you not, get like a first-hand thing or whatever. Like, yeah, absolutely, feedback. absolutely. Yeah, it's incredibly and you can valuable. Instantly on tell on people's faces too yep. when they play games. I, I've always in the the couple of times that I've done that, I've found it very useful to uh, be able to observe people's responses as they're trying to digest the rules, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can see where your blanks, where your your blind spots are, you mm-hmm. know, in your mm-hmm. rules, where you know it makes total sense to you because you made it up right, right? Yeah, but yeah. uh but you know if somebody's asking a lot of questions about how something works or they're just not not getting it you know those are good opportunities as a designer to go oh well maybe that's you know too fiddly or too complicated mm-hmm. or is there a way to is there a way to manipulate that and make it you know make it easier to understand yeah there's an incredible designer out there named jay cormier any of you recognize him so he did uh my management he did harrow county um, he's got another game coming to Kickstarter soon, which I just got a preview copy of in today. I don't remember the name of it, but basically the premise of the game is, um, each round is a board game with broken mechanics that you have to fix to advance <laughs> the story. It's really, really cool. cool. <laughs> um, but anyway, he made a journal called the fail faster journal and you can go to game crafter and you can buy it. And the whole point of the journal is that it's like, it's got like, room for 30 or 40 plays of a game and like you would buy a journal for a game that you're developing and it has prompts in it like what are people's body language like how do they react to oh, this? that's like, cool. all sorts of stuff it's it's explicitly designed really for this kind stuff. of purpose yeah that's really, really helpful um, so oh, yeah. so anyway all of that to say the community around the unpub movement in mm-hmm. general um is growing a lot like there like there's protospiel which is an entire convention of basically unpub stuff um, but anyway, so in the unpub room, so now we all know what the unpub is. Yeah, yeah. I think there's probably people out there that were like, what are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Where was Drew? <laughs> I, I was in the unpub room. And so the uh, the unpub room was actually a whole lot nicer than I expected. And it was really good because I got to, I walked in there and I actually got to meet some people who are my mutuals on social media. And I mm-hmm. thought, that's super cool. They said, hey, we would love for you to play our game. I said, absolutely. So I got to got the chance to sit down, give them some honest feedback, but as well uh, be able to catch up as friends and be able to talk and actually have uh, interactions outside of TikTok and Instagram and all the other places that we followed each other. So it was very nice. And I felt like I felt like this uh, this game could be really cool. Um, and if you're not following them on social media, feel free to give them a follow. I might as well give them a shout out. Their their account is called Trash Cult Game. That's their. Oh, I've heard of that. That's their that's their game. It's a card game about you're building a cult with your woodland critters, and <laughs> you are trying to collect a certain item of food as well gain followers. And so once you gain the certain item of food that your cult worships and you build your cult, you are the winner. I was like, that is such a cool idea. Cause I was sitting there. I was like, 
I was playing as a mouse that was trying to collect donuts from the trash. And so <laughs> it was it was it was fantastic. It was a really really good game and I'm very excited for what they're going to do. They showed me the art, they gave me some behind the scenes local stuff and I'm very excited. And then now then they had to go and post a video today, so I'm like, "Oh, well, it's not really a secret anymore." So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was like a pre-secret for like a week, you know. <laughs> but I think that is the cool thing about Origins is getting to see that I, I felt like there were a lot of um, publishers there showing off games that weren't quite out yet that they were going to maybe have ready at Gen Con or, you know, coming up soon. So there were lots of those types of things that I was going around looking at, which is neat to get the sneak peeks before things are available to like buy. Yeah, it sounds like from what from some of the games that you too have already talked about that there was a pretty good mix of presence between you know the larger, more established publishers and some of the the, the smaller oh, yeah. indie publishers. That's yeah, great. I definitely felt like it was a good mix. Like there were lots of smaller publishers and and then uh, alongside like the bigger ones. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a great experience. I mean, for my first Origins, I really enjoyed it. I had a blast. It was so much fun to be able to see all the people that I interact with on social media kind of all together in one place and then go out and play board games. But I got to go out and got to experience so many different things where we got to play games. Uh, even when we would go out and go to the parties and everything like that, it was always, you know, we could have fun, get together, sit, talk, laugh, have a good time, decompress from the show as well. Get to play games, play test games, things like that. There were so much that we were able to do. In that, um, one of the cool things, uh, if and Heather, you remember, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spill the beans too much on anything, but there is a, <laughs> there is a social media friend that is mutual to Heather and I, and uh, they are creating a series of games, and it was super exciting to get to play that. Uh, we got to play that at the tavern, if you remember that, Heather. So mm-hmm. uh, it was it was a fun party game. I feel bad. I'm not going to go into much detail. Just well, again, it's, it's, work, just, but... it's a cool place to gather and get to see games that aren't out yet. I exactly. mean, that's I mean, that kind of wraps it all around. I, I feel like and I know Andrew and Josh, I'll probably feel the same way about conventions. It's just a nice place to get to see people, you know, like we see our families all the time. But it's nice to just be among people that are like minded, getting to see your mutuals from social media, like coming together and. It's just really nice. The first night of any convention is basically like a family reunion. Yeah. Like, it's Absolutely. awesome. It's so Absolutely. great. It's, it, I, I love, have you ever, I, I remember during the pandemic, um, did you ever use any of those like proxy chat services where like, it kind of looks like you're walking around in like a town in a, oh. like an, an NES video game. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I did a couple conventions like that and I would walk by people whose handles I would recognize because they were the same handles as their mm-hmm. social media and, and they were proxy chats. And so you could like bump into someone randomly and like actually have a video chat with them that was oh, proxy cool. based. Um, mm-hmm. And it had a little bit of that, but man, I tell you what, nothing like actually seeing people like from yeah. across the room and you're like, <gasps> yeah. and, like you do the slow run <laughs> towards each so other with your arms <laughs> open, you know, like it's awesome. It's Ugly it's, cry as you're going. Oh like, yeah. I trip 100%. and fall because I don't run. So right. that's my case. Yeah, the rainbows are shooting out of the floor. Right. You know, right. Fireworks in the background, mm-hmm. you know yeah, how it goes. Definitely. Definitely. My friends like to make fun of me when we go to conventions because I, I see people that are what I call board game famous, right? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. oh, 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 I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That's so funny. I will say, I felt like this was the first convention where people came up to me. Like, people knew who I was. You are board game <laughs> famous, Heather. Come on. Yeah. yeah Absolutely, it, like, you are. It was exciting. And my husband was like, we can't walk anywhere without you, like, running into someone every, like, two steps. I remember know? the first time that happened to me, I was so confused. I was like, same what? Here. Who are you? Same and I was like, oh, you see my must have been confused for someone else. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, Andrew, I got to play Castles of Mad King Ludwig with Lindsay. Bezier games so good she was listen so exci- look just she was because... like no i'm just saying it because she was so excited she was like i just wanted to play this oh, with you so because funny. it's like my favorite game yeah, yeah, so yeah. she was like let's sit and let's just play a quick game a fast play a fast game of castles and we just because sure. we both know the rules so well we just like busted it out in like 30 minutes i'm all for <laughs> that's it that's fantastic that's great yeah beautiful beautiful so moments like that like i just love having moments like that at conventions i've had i've had a couple of experiences where i was like at a convention and i was sitting eating somewhere and you hear a voice in the in the room and you're like i know that voice that's from a podcast right (laughs) (laughs) like spinning around trying to figure out where that voice is coming from wait a minute hold on let me close my eyes okay say something yes it's you (laughs) it's the person sitting three tables behind me Mm -hmm. that's the other fun thing about conventions though is not only are you like you get to see your friends that you already know or people that your mutuals you're getting to meet for the first time in person. But like anytime you sit down to eat, <laughs> those tables are so big that like someone will be like, can I, can I come sit with you? And then you're like making new friends. Like while you're yeah, eating your lunch. Or, Absolutely. You know, like, or like when you join the gaming tables, you know, then Absolutely. you're just making some new friends for mm-hmm. a, a fun gaming experience. That's one of my favorite things about conventions is that if, if you're open to it, if you're open to talking to people you don't know, Mm-hmm. You can meet all kinds of people in all different yeah. places where you're eating, when you're walking around, when you're when you're waiting for an elevator, you know? I and, love it. I actually ran great. into a guy. I ran into a guy at Origins. He came up and we were both looking at a, a booth together. And um, the person at the booth was like, oh, do you know, like trying to introduce us? And he was like, actually, he's like, I think we shared a cab to the airport after Gamma. And I was like, we did share a cab. <laughs> it's like him and his wife had the cab and I was going to have to wait longer. And they were like, you can just join our cab. And I was like, thanks. Cause I had to like get to the airport. They were so sweet, but I didn't like catch their names or anything. So it was cool to like run into him at origins. <laughs> so cool. So cool. It was, it was weird. It was weird for me whenever I went to PAX Unplugged. Now, PAX Unplugged was my very first convention that I ever went to before I was going there to work for What's. That was actually my very first convention just to go and enjoy. And I myself thought, thought, ah, you know, nobody's going to know me, anything like that. But then someone told me, said, you stick out because I wear the plaid in all of my videos. <laughs> and so yep. that was one of the things that did make me laugh, make me laugh is somebody actually going, oh, it's because nobody else here is wearing plaid except you. <laughs> 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 I got that again at Origins. I, I got to have again. a thing, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody's got a stick, man. Yeah, he has a distinct look. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So I've been told. <laughs> Way to say that I'm ugly, y'all. <laughs> Why do you think I joined distinct. this podcast? <laughs> uh, Heather, I want to know, what did you bring home from Origins? Oh, my gosh. Ooh, that's a good um, question. Not black hole rainbows. We know that. I know, right? right? <laughs> that's true. Sadly, that was, but then that was on it arrived two days got... later. Yeah, right. It was waiting for me. No, I got Mother Frankenstein. 
from Arcane Wonders, which is very like puzzly uh, narrative. Like you uncovered all these letters from Mary Shelley to her son, and it's going to have like a cool story um, that kind of like spins around her creating Frankenstein. Um, and I'm very excited because I'm all about the puzzles um, and got to see Robert at Arcane Wonders. It's, it's super, super sweet, super kind. And I love all their games, honestly. Um, so that was the big ticket thing I wanted to get. I got that one. Um, also came home with Kabuto Sumo. Great game. Which is such a fun one. And I think it's just going to be great for our kids. Like, that's just a really fun dexterity one. Have you played that with kids before? I have played it with my son so far. Okay. Because it does, <laughs> it can run a little long with kids. Yeah. Yeah. So he did He did pretty good with it. But okay. um, the six-year-old, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I We <laughs> reviewed the... Uh, mac total mayhem expansion i think it is mm-hmm. which has a lot of like like, like full-on like wwe like tables and all right. this crazy <laughs> stuff and it, folding it, chairs yeah yes it does it has chairs um but it also offers like alternate win conditions so it'll right. re- it really helps with that if the game's starting to feel a little long in the tooth that expansion is a good way to go mm-hmm. hmm. yeah that that one was we demoed that pretty early on at Origins, and I was just like, "This is just going to be a fun one for my son to play. Like, he'll just enjoy this one." Um, and it's just a fun. I love any games that are like dexterity, like tactile, anything you know that you're really like pushing pieces around. Or, and that one's just a a great one. Um, what else did we come home with? Space Explorers. I just want to say that I have yet to find an all-play game that's just been bad. I don't know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's stuff. I mean, some of the stuff's not amazing, but none of it's bad. Yeah. I would say the packaging for all. Of the, I'm always impressed by the look of all of their games. I love the fact that every single one of their game comes in the same size box. Can we get every yeah. publisher on board with this? You right. I know. People? <laughs> true. True. I love it. Like I put I think those that's a fine on idea. my shelf and they, they all line up. They're the same mm-hmm. freaking size. It looks so nice. Mm-hmm. Please. Another one that we came home with was, um, and it was the first game we demoed, uh, was Jungle Ball by Ooh. Orto Games. Okay. And uh, essentially you're just, it's like dodgeball. And you have these jungle characters and the jungle characters are on cards. So you pick three characters that you're going to be playing and three characters that the other person's going to be playing. So it's a two player game. You're sitting across from each other. You have this little ring in the center, kind of like a gym. It's got the like circle and the lines where you're supposed to stay in. And each turn you just move a character forward, pick one of your characters to move forward. And then they have these little red discs like the dodgeballs and you have to put it above the card that you're choosing to throw the ball from and you just toss it <laughs> like across the <laughs> table to the other person's cards. And you're just trying to get it to land on one of the opponent's cards. And nice. some of them ha- get knocked out with one. Like they've all got numbers on them and that's how much, you know, hit points they can take. And just a super simple, super easy. We're like, this is a great one for our kids to like pull out and play easily. Um, so we immediately grabbed that one. Super cool. That's such an equalizing force too to play dexterity games like that with your kids because mm-hmm. y- you're not necessarily the best person at right. I know yeah. <laughs> at being able to <laughs> totally. flip something or or knock right. something across the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't have to worry about any dodgeballs hitting my glasses. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that I know of. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Drew, what about you? 
All right, so uh, black hole rainbows. I was one of the like last like five uh, lucky people, few. <laughs> lucky few to get it. No, did you hear about that though? With Earth, like they Mm-mm. sold out Inside Up Games and Earth. Oh, I'm not surprised. They sold out like the first day, and then they had to overnight ship quickly some more. And they had to like do it like you can only buy this amount this day, mm. this amount this day. It was like, I think it was they sold out Thursday. Uh, they ordered a ton more. But then on Friday, they were like, we only have 50 copies that we're selling. Saturday was we have uh, only, they were like on Saturday, we only have 40. Sunday is 30 or something of that sort. So it was something like that. And it was it was really interesting, and it was just funny because actually I bought a game from Inside Up Games, uh, and it was just it was kind of funny. One of my followers was actually there, and they told me they said, "Hey Drew, I've been really a big part of your stuff for a while, and I just wanted to say that uh, I think it's really cool. Come on, let me show you Earth. Let me, let's look at the components of Earth." I was like, "That's so so cool." So cool. And I was like, I'm not going to buy it today because y'all are already sold out. Then, (laughs) and then he goes, (laughs) he goes, well, let me show you this other one. So anyways, he, uh, anyways, he showed me this other game called Gorus Maximus. Ah, (laughs) I played that. That's awesome. (laughs) And I've heard a lot about that game. (laughs) The artwork of it is just so funny and weird and it's right up my alley where it's both mixed with cute and everything i didn't even get to i didn't get to play it he just gave me the rundown of it but uh like it's still wrapped up right now but you were like sold i was like i was like oh i get it you butter me up you buttered Mm -hmm. me up and you wanted me to be over here to buy earth but no i'm gonna buy uh i'm gonna buy glorious maximus anyway so (laughs) they they have a a like aquatic themed version of the same game called Sea Change. Okay. Which Ooh. we have reviewed on our website. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I will check that out. I but definitely it's basically need to. the same game. So Yeah, if I if if it's the exact same game, then I definitely Pretty much. Need to check out and see what you say. Because I value your opinion, Andrew. Well, so. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> that makes one of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. I came away with a very uh, light load of games just because I had a lot sitting on my doorstep when I got back. So I said, I "I "I need to come home with uh, as light as possible. So Black Hole Rainbows, uh, Gorus Maximus, and then this other one. This publisher, Blue Rondo Games, has been a supporter of mine. And we've interacted and supported each other for an incredibly long time when it came to content. But... I had this opportunity to be able to buy their game actually in person, and that's what I wanted to do. The game is called Crabs in a Bucket. <laughs> so, I love it. The four, and just basically put, uh, it plays up to four players, or up to, yeah, six players, my bad. But what it is, is there are four crab kingdoms that are at war, and you're just in time to help out whichever one you side with. So it's a it's a really cute card game where it's silly, but it's also um, it's also got some really cute art. I didn't really get a chance to uh, learn fully how to play, but 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 it's just because 
I've known him for so long. I said, I want to help y'all out in whatever way that I can. And I'm very excited to actually play it. I really am. So uh, it's a good, it's, I've had people tell me that it's really fun. It's really quick. It only goes five to 15 minutes. So I've had, I've had a few friends recommend that game to me. So I said, I definitely need to give that a try. So nice. I just cool. found out that crabs in a bucket is, I mean, this goes to show how old I am. It's apparently a term. And uh, I went to search for the game and I found an urban dictionary hit instead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Looks like rebrandings in the future. So yeah. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not bad. Uh, crabs in a bucket is used to deter, dis, uh, is used to describe a person or subculture that does everything in its power to destroy the ambitions of those among them who wish to improve themselves. It comes from the story of catching crabs in a bucket. When you catch a crab and place them in a bucket, the first thing he'll do is try to escape. Yeah. I'm going to have to read up in the rule book and see if that's actually what it's based off of. Or oh, yeah, that would be interesting. Would, yeah, interesting. so next time, next time we get on here and talk, I'll yeah, let, let you know. Yeah, let us know if that's the mechanic. Oh, yeah. right. You have homework. <laughs> you have homework now, man. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what happens when you join a board gaming podcast. Yeah, you have I'm homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Off to play the games again. Oh, God. I got to go have fun for a living. God, horrible. <laughs> So Josh, you get, do you want to talk about something that we did? I don't know what that uh, thing is, but it's not Origins. That's all I know. I don't think anyone <laughs> wants to hear about how I worked all week and right. watched my kids who are on summer break. Have y'all been playing anything? Uh, I've been playing my game that I've been prototyping. Hey, yeah. there you go. Um, I don't know how much I want to talk about because it's still pretty far away from anything, but um, I've played it now at two players, three players, and four players, and um, it's definitely going through some game revisions but i feel good enough about it that i um ordered 50 dollars worth of parts from the game crafter today so like i didn't order it as like a put together box like thing for my game but like i ordered all the pieces and so um i'm getting to the point now where i'll actually show it to people i'm not related to which is pretty exciting yeah that is exciting i'll have it with me at pax unplugged if you guys want to play it Oh yes, let's please. do it. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's a date. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, and w- w- on our show, we had Clarence Simpson. Does anybody know who Clarence Simpson is? Um, he's not a huge name in board games, but uh, he did Merchants of Magic, which was which okay. is a roll and write game that's based in the Set of Watch universe from Rock Manor. Uh, he did the Wolves from Pandasaurus. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I which do. A lot know of people know about. that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had him on our show. Yep. And uh, I had sent him a picture of me playtesting with my 12-year-old, our game, or whatever, our game, my game, whatever. Um, and you can read some of the cards in the picture. And so we started talking about it a little bit. He's like, I've never seen that theme before. And I feel like when a when a game designer who's got multiple published games and even more games signed says, oh, that's an interesting theme. I've never seen it before. Like, I'm starting to feel okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. Um, so unless it's like, uh, I've never seen that before. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think it's pretty sweet. So um, nice. That's a pun, and you'll find out more later. <laughs> I'm still laughing in Josh's quick rib right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Josh, have you been playing anything? So I got a chance to finally get to the table. Um, the deluxe Kickstarter edition of Castle Panic. That nice. broke my front doorstep a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, so and I broke my front doorstep 
This is it wow. right here. It's a monstrosity. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So so it does that also include all the expansions like the big box does? Yeah. So it's okay. it's basically it's it's all of the expansions up to current plus a new one the that was actually one? the the so the Kickstarter you could just get the expansion if you didn't want the I mean if you had all the other stuff, right? Well, that's the the quest expansion, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh Crowns and Quests, I mm-hmm. think is what it was called. Sounds right. Um and so of course because of the addiction problem that I had with board games, I had to go get all the deluxified minis version. Right. And I will say that's the first Kickstarter that I looked at the image of the box that it was coming in, which was surrounded by white space and had nothing in the frame for context. And it didn't occur to me exactly how big that box was going to be until I opened my door uh, to, to receive it on my front doorstep. And I was like, who are this coffin? Right. <laughs> I was like, this can't be a, Oh my God, it's a board game. <laughs> See the, the listeners cannot imagine what it looks like in that, except for what you just said. But whenever you pulled it up, I was like, Oh God, it ain't Josh. So yeah, yeah. it is the entire frame. Josh is gone. Yeah. You could, you could put six cats in there and still get the box closed. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's humongous. And, and I will say they did break a rule that I don't think any game publishing company should ever break. It doesn't fit in a Calex. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm going to do with it. That's it why it's top. sitting here on my you, office floor. Yeah. Hold on, look, let me move my camera. Look up yeah. there. See those games yep, on top? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah Unfortunately, that's that row has already been taken with some other people another that have broken box. that. Yeah. Oh, big boys. <laughs> right. So so with um, what size Calex do you have? Serious question. Oh boy, I've I've actually got a mishmash of uh, I've I've got several. What's your biggest one? I've got a four by four okay, and a two by four set. on top of it, and I've got like three of those. Okay, with a two by four on top of it, that's tough because like the verticals are not actually like you can knock a couple out, and it's not the end of the world. Right. So if you knock one out, you can fit it. I have seen people do that where they've taken one of the sections out yeah, and made one of the a, verticals. a a two. Yep. A, a two unit thing, and that might work, but. Um, but anyway, it's a fun game. I'd played Castle Panic before. I hadn't played it uh, uh, with any of the expansions. I've never actually played that. Oh, it's so good. You should get How old is your oldest? 10. Yeah, you should absolutely get Castle Panic 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were yeah. there at Origins. I saw their their booth. Also, Anne-Marie um, is the nicest. Like She's one of the nicest people ever. Mm-hmm. She's the sweetest. Definitely it's super gotcha. easy to learn. And since you're all playing you know, cooperatively, you know, it's easy to teach kids and, and, uh, and my kids really got into, you know, I was letting them manage all of the, the minis for the, the, the monsters that were attacking mm-hmm. us. And, mm-hmm. and they were really digging that and drawn out of the bag as new monsters came to the, the table and stuff. Now I will say that's one of those games. I don't know that I have to, after having played it with minis and having played the original that just has markers, I don't know that it needs minis, but you know, I'm I'll just send that, you my address. So. It's fine. <laughs> so I, I can't afford i can't afford to ship this to you man all right i'll pay for shipping um so so i have i have the basically non-deluxified version of what you have they were kind enough to send the family gamers um the big box which has the so it's got all new art all the art has been redone um, which is phenomenal it's by the awesome way. it's so good yeah um there's a lot of uh like quality of life improvements like very small things uh we're actually planning like a four or five article like thing spread of this whole game and like all the stuff that's in the box and everything. Oh, nice. Um, so that'll come out like later this summer. 
mm-hmm. uh, because the yeah the the only thing that's actually new is that quest expansion, but like everything has been touched. Mm-hmm. Like I literally have like the reason why it's taking so long is because I'm literally going through the old rule book and the new rule book because I have almost all of the old stuff. I'm missing one of the old expansions, and I'm like, okay, what have they changed? Right, mm-hmm. just so I can really explain to people why it's worth upgrading right yeah even if you're not going to get the deluxe with all the crazy stuff Mm -hmm. so if nothing else i felt like you know it's been a while since i played the original and so i i remember the rules more or less but i definitely remember having a harder time digesting the rules initially with the the first rule book than with this one i feel like they put it together better i mean it just it 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 was it was a very easy read through and i picked Mm -hmm. it up right away so yeah i mean i i'm gonna literally go through the rule book like two of them on the table at the same time part of it i think is just the the maturation of the industry like the first castle panic came out i mean maybe 10 years ago like it's been out for a long time yeah mm-hmm. um so like it's been out for long enough that i have the broken token insert for the game <laughs> <laughs> nice um you know sweet yeah so I, I don't know i don't know whatever um but it also might just be that we've played so many board games at this point that like all the jargon we just get it like that right so Sure. I don't know. Anyway, that'll be coming if you go to thefamilygamers.com later this summer. Nice. Nice. Now, have you played any of the other uh, variants of that? I played Dead Panic, uh, and then there's a Star Trek version. Yeah, there I is. No, I, I haven't played any of those. I have played with some of the expansions. I really like the um, Engines of War expansion. I really mm. like what they do with that because they introduce vehicles that goblins are inside of. So you have to destroy the vehicle and then destroy the goblins. It's like this whole extra thing. Um, the Wizard's Tower is probably the most like involved from a mechanic standpoint. Other, than, I haven't played the the Crowns and Quest one yet, um, so I really like the expansions. I think they give a lot of interesting and different flavors, like the Agamemnon one or whatever it is, like the Dark Titan. The, um, yeah, the, the Dark Titan. That's pretty much just like one extra guy and a couple of like that's a pretty small expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I've never felt the need to go. Like I'm not a zombie guy. I don't care about that stuff. Uh, and then I, I think with Star Trek, I was like, eh, I have the original. Why do I need a yeah. Star Trek version? Oh, you know what? Speaking of zombies, Grant Lyon had a stand up. He did stand up at um, he's Origins. so funny. I love him. Hilarious. Fantastic. And he made this whole joke about how there's going to always be different versions of Zombicide coming out. And then, no joke, they released that Monty Python one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like a day or two Monty after Python Origins. And I was like, Grant was correct. That. He was like, next, you're going to see like the iterations in like so many years. It's going to be like Zombicide, Stepdad's Edition. Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they dropped the announcement. What was that last oh, week? That. week yeah, so, like, it was like right like after. Such a, my goodness. That feels like such a like. April Fool's kind of joke. I had to read through it several times. Like it's June, right? It's not April yeah, Fool's. It made me laugh so hard because he made that joke at Origins, and I was like, "Oh, they just released this Monty Python one." So uh, it looks like it's a time to get into Zombicide. Right. Oh, nope. Nope. I've I've bought more than my share of Zombicide. I have never played it. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I just got an idea of it. I don't. I, I don't know if it. it would be for me though. It's just a fun, laid back dice check. It would be I mean, for you're your just, husband. You're, it's a, <laughs> oh, okay, it's, a, it's a dungeon crawl basically, <laughs> but you're just walking around trying to, you know, just the 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 AI of the game just keeps putting more on the board and more on the board and more on the board, and you're just trying to mitigate that. 
And yeah. uh, it can be fun, but they definitely have a lot of different a lot of versions. variations. <laughs> of that, right? I, I do have a Facebook friend who ordered the Marvel Zombicide one with the Galactus trophy. Like the the it's it's so big. He put a picture of like, oh you 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 ordered it too. Uh, <laughs> but he Pro- got, probably he's gonna be right back there. Yeah, on the he got at the, some point. he got the Galactus Eventually. and he put it on the table next to his son, and they're like almost the same size. It is enormous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's you know for the for, for the figures in the game, it's sized accordingly. So. If you've yeah. ever read Marvel comics, right. you kind of understand what that means, right? Right. And uh, yeah, when I when I saw that, I was like, "Well, I'm not not gonna get that." <laughs> <laughs> See, I think like I think like a hundred bucks is pretty much my board game threshold. Like I like the, a perfect example the um, the Ticket to Ride Legacy game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it retails at like one thirty. And I'm like, ah, Game Nerds had it on sale for $99.99. And I was like, ooh, right? <laughs> like, like somehow that made a big difference. I didn't end up ordering it, but like that, that's just, that's, for me, that's the threshold, right? I, wow, I must have low standards then. I <laughs> go way cheaper than that. <laughs> I mean, I don't, look, I don't spend a hundred bucks on a board game regularly. Let me be clear with you, right? But like, that's. Like I, big I really money, Andrew. To... There, there. <laughs> no, not even remote. Yeah, so, it, I'm not the one who bought Marvel Zombies with Galactus. How much did that run? Right. Yeah, let's not talk about. Yeah, what the I think the, ship, the shipping on that was a hundred dollars. Yeah, the shipping was more than a hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's oh, it's a beast. And and honestly, I mean that is a problem, right? I mean, I I see that on I, I see that mounting on Kickstarter that fatigue of you know when you start cranking out. Yeah. project after project that are 150 200 by the time you get somebody gets at home you know i mean you can see people are getting worn out by that right yeah. I, I mean people can do what they want it's just not for me I right. just, plus i have so many review games i have to play like i never get the right, stuff i, I want to play anyway like <laughs> the shelf of shame keeps growing <laughs> oh my gosh that, oh, that shelf gosh. right there that see that whole column right there yeah all of those games are my shelf of opportunity all of them yep <laughs> Such a positive spin, shelf of opportunity. <laughs> shelf of opportunity. God. I'm shame. I'm shameful that I haven't played mine. So there we go. I, that's why I call it <laughs> shelf of shame. So. <laughs> See, I had to start uh, taking all the cellophane off of those games and mixing them in with the other ones because my wife figured out which ones I hadn't played. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Josh, you're on to something there. I might have to start using my strategy. <laughs> <laughs> now only I know which ones I haven't played. Right, right. But then you might forget, and then you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I played it." And then you won't play it again. Break it out. Oh God, I don't remember. Oh, I don't. I have never played this. <laughs> or, or, or you have this problem. Uh, not that long ago, I saw a game that was on sale. I think it was a mini market. Uh, it was the like the daily deal, mm-hmm. and I looked into it and tried to figure out: oh, is that a good price? Is that something I want? I probably spent like an hour trying to make this decision of whether or not to order it. And then I walked past my uh, game shelves. I happened to be doing something else. I'm like, I already own it. What am I doing? It was on your. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, no. no good. Sadly, right. that's that that only gets worse as you get older, right? right. But I have bought the same game on the uh, Xbox 360 like five times because I, I was like, <laughs> oh, I need Dead Space 2, right? Then <laughs> you bring it home, I'm like, oh, I already have this four that's, copies of this. What that's am I Nintendo's doing? entire business model. What? I, right? I, right. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. They keep 
putting things together in different collections and then mm-hmm. re-putting them out again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so another question for the table here, and this uh, this kind of dovetails into what we were just talking about, is deluxification of board gaming a thing that you are interested in? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I think it has to be something that I really, really want um, in order for me to really buy into it. Mm. Um and I think the only time I've ever spent, like we were talking about the amount of money we've spent on a game before, um, the most expensive thing I have is that deluxe edition of Castles of Mad King Ludwig. And it's just because I really like the game and I wanted the deluxe edition. And that's that's the only way I would spend that kind of money, I think. For me, it's I just believe like eventually it's going to go on sale and it's eventually going to be cheaper anyway. <laughs> just wait long enough. I do, yeah, and and that's true because I bought the sixtieth uh, ver- uh, anniversary of Risk and it's a two hundred twenty five dollar game. I think is what it is. Uh, made of everything's made of wood, including the board. I got it for eighteen dollars at like a Marshalls or something, whatever, <laughs> whatever store those sure, are. Nice. So I thought, uh, you know, that's great to have. I, I just, I can't justify buying deluxe version games. I'm sorry, I have no. I already spend a lot of money on regular versions of games. Why right. do I want to spend more <laughs> money on the deluxe versions for shiny toys and things like that? And don't get me wrong, I'm a sucker for metal coins. Like, I would, if it's got metal coins, I will sit there and debate on it. But at the end of the day, more than likely, I will say probably not. Anybody want to guess what I'm going to say? I can guess. <laughs> Go ahead and guess. What do you think I'm going to say, Jeff? I, I, I'm going to guess that you probably. Uh could could leave uh could leave that on the table you don't you don't need deluxification in the game um yes and no so i am 100 percent for deluxification of games as an option as an option i absolutely think that there is a place for it in the industry i 100 percent think that people have the right to spend their money where they want to spend their money just because something's not for me doesn't mean it's not for someone else i see all that marvel united sure. you have behind you i have one box of marvel united <laughs> and it's fine and that's all I have, and, and that's it. Similarly, I have um, so many deluxified components in Quacks of Quedlinburg and in Roleplayer. Like, I have custom printed inserts, and I have metal coins. I love metal coins. I love mm-hmm. metal coins. Metal coins are fantastic. Oh, I love them so much. I have uh, all the promo cards. I have the extra boards, because that's a game that I love. And a lot of other people are like, hey, man, role player is fine. Like, I'll play it if you have it. And that's that's the end of their relationship with it. And that's cool. So I am 100% behind them existing. But if that is the only way that a game is available, it's probably not going to be for me. I really, really like the trend that actually I think it was Restoration started when Fireball Island came out. Um, Downforce, actually Downforce was a retail release, but it was a a more deluxified retail release. But then they repackaged Fireball Island, took a little bit of the stuff out and put it on shelves at Target. And then they did the same thing with Downforce. They took a couple pieces out. They simplified some stuff. They made it, you know, cardboard instead of plastic. They put it on the shelf at Target. Mm -hmm. I think if you are really honestly, truly going to grow this industry, 
It's not getting Wales to spend more and more and more and more money. It's getting a game to be more affordable and getting it on the shelves in front of faces at a store that someone's going to go to. Yeah. The buyers right. at Barnes & Noble are gamers. But those right. games are $60, $80. When you can put a game on a shelf in a Target for $25, $30, bucks, someone's going to buy that game on a lark. Here's another mm-hmm. perfect example of a game that isn't even expensive to start with. Green Team Wins. I talk about this game all the time. If you haven't played Green Team Wins, go to Target tomorrow and buy Green Team Wins. It's $25. Yeah, It wasn't $25 on Kickstarter, but also the Kickstarter version of the game supported 12 people out of the box, not six people out of the box. Mm. But Chad and 25th Century, they figured out a way to take a little bit out. It supports six people out of the box. The deck of cards is a little bit smaller. They put it on the shelf for 25 bucks at Target. Right? And now I can say right. to anybody in the entire country, hey, trust me. If you if you pick this game up and you don't like it, I will buy it for you. I will pay you the $25 because I know you're going to love this game. Because I've taken this game to people who don't play games and I've said, if you will give me 10 minutes, you will want to buy this game. Yeah. And it's worked because the game is is just fantastic. Like people say, board game, oh, I don't want rules, blah, 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 blah. And then you play Green Team Wins and you're like, oh, this is awesome. I'm just making fun of my friends the whole time. You know, right. it, it's fantastic. But that model, that model that gets the game available for cheaper while people can elect to upcharge if they want to has been working in McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King for decades. And yeah. so it works in board games too. If you really mm-hmm. want to grow the industry, you do it through penetration, not by driving all of the costs to the whales who are going to spend the money. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I think having the option to upgrade to the mm-hmm. deluxe if you want to is a great option because then there are those people, like you said, that that might be their favorite game. And they're like, I want to pay for the deluxe. I want the the better components. I want the metal coins. I want, you know, the trays and all the things you know and that's great that's great for them because then they get to experience their favorite game or their game that they love the most at the best it could be and and i even think that like one of the things i love about geek bits is that they are an incredible gift giving tool essentially right so i have quacks i have the board game geek geek bits or quacks if you don't have them think about it Right. But I couldn't buy them for myself because they were the cost of the game to buy the bits. I was like, I already spent 60 bucks on this game. I'm not going to spend 60 bucks on these bits. But you know what? People who want to buy you a present and don't really know what you want, but they know you love quacks. Those geek bits are an easy buy. Easy buy. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And and the perfect gift is the gift that you want that you wouldn't buy yourself. That is the (laughs) perfect gift. Right. So the fact that these things are available on option. Uh, or even like Etsy stores or a lot of these places that have these. We talked about. Yeah, the um, Levity Games. Levity Games mm-hmm. last time. That has the stickers. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like though all of that stuff. I mean, there's a huge market. Yeah, I that's mean, a nice way to upgrade your components in like a much more affordable way. Yeah. Yeah. But all those thing things are organizing there. too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Organize. Yeah. The <laughs> um, Tower Rex is the yeah, one I saw. Yeah, that's exactly on, who I was thinking of. On TikTok, I've seen all their videos, and I'm like, yep. this is, I might think about doing that for betrayal because, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, folded, spa- the folded Space is another one. They, they're into it all foam core, so they're a little bit less expensive. Yeah. Uh, there's a ton of those. But you have man, a are they printer. Nice. Yeah, they are. They're super nice for what you get, right? They're super yeah. nice. I, uh, I had my first experience with one of those not that long ago. I bought the one for, um, Lords of Waterdeep, mm-hmm. which anyone who owns Lords of Waterdeep knows you don't turn it over on its side because everything falls out of the insert <laughs> and it's just a horrible mess. 
Um, and so I, you know, happened to, I happened to be at a convention and, and, and saw it there and, and I picked it up and I tell you what, it was, those were not hard to put together. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I got it done in an evening and everything fits in the box perfectly. You can turn it. I mean, you can shake it like this and nothing mm-hmm. falls out of where it's supposed to be. It's Can fantastic. you put scoundrels in the same box? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cause I have the broken token insert for Lords of Waterdeep. Um, which was a gift that a friend of mine bought for me because he, <laughs> he knew that I love the game. And uh, same deal. Uh, you get both of them in there and, and yeah. you know, it's, it's really good. Well, just to go off of that, I absolutely agree with you, Andrew. I don't, just because I'm a cheapskate doesn't mean that <laughs> it should not be there. Like there are people that are out there yeah. that would like that. And as well, you know, if someone was to come up to me and say, hey, I'm going to get you a copy of whatever, you know, whatever the game may be, and it's going to be the deluxe version. Am I really going to say no? Like, no, right. <laughs> honestly, like that's how it was at UK Games Expo. Uh, someone, you know, someone offered me the deluxe uh, version of Oak by Game Brewer Games. Oh, that game looks so great. And it is the, it is beautiful. So yes. beautiful. Yes. And I, I, what was I going to say? Like, no, I'm, right. you know, I, I no sure, thanks. sure. I felt a little <laughs> bad because I was getting yeah. it for free, but I was like, eh, no, it'll be okay. Yeah, I'll take it. You know, yeah. I'll figure out how to ship this home. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I found a way. Trust me. Yeah, I a, bet you did. It got a little. It got a little dinged up, but it wasn't that bad. I can live with that. So as long as the none of the components are awful. So I I have a mental picture of you going through like airport customs, and they're like, "What are all these strange metal coins in your pocket?" <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask questions. Yeah. I once. I I, I once, and I can say this because I've now given it to him. Um. I stayed at a friend's house. Um, who he, th- he, This person's actually come up on the show already, so I, I'm not going to name names. I stayed at his house, and I asked him, okay, show off. I asked nice. him um, it, it, why he didn't like store his knives nicely. He had expensive knives. Oh, mm-hmm. And he's like, well... <clears throat> I want. I wanted to pay for the quality, but I'm not going to pay for a, a knife block. It's a chunk of wood. Why would I waste money on that? Right. This guy's a like a man after my own heart. Um, so I was I was flying to to um to his to where he lives because he was getting married, and I'm like I know what to get him. Mm-hmm. So I bought him a knife block for his wedding gift. Um, but I didn't check luggage because I don't check luggage anymore unless I absolutely have to. By the way, that was a defense mechanism. I went to Essen without checking luggage because I knew if I checked luggage, I wasn't going to bring my clothes home. It was going to be full of board games. But anyway, that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but go, yeah. I tell you what, going like putting that thing on the belt and having it go through the x-ray and they're like, what the heck is this? Like, Because <laughs> it was a big chunk of wood. Yeah. <laughs> so they, sure enough, they pulled it off. They opened it up and she's like looking through all the slits to make sure it wasn't like hiding <laughs> blades in it or anything like, like it's just a knife block like really <laughs> it was even in a gift bag like that was the funny part but whatever well i think i mean obviously i can tell based on everybody's uh um responses that i'm the one with the acquisition disorder because i'm probably of everybody here the most prone to buying um you, you know either a deluxified version of a, of a game or the deluxe bits for something simply for the table presence I am a sucker when I walk by a game and it's, it, you know, it's all laid out. Other people are playing it and it's all, you know, shiny and cool. And, uh, but I totally agree that I, I, I think that the, as, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, I, I think there's a little bit of fatigue in the, in the market, particularly on the, you know, like the, the crowdfunding side of things, because there's so many deluxified 
versions of games out there that, you know, people are starting to, the people like me who tend to go for those are like, I love getting those, but I can't buy them every month. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's, you know, there's only so deep, you know, there's only so much depth to the well before I, I have to, to back off on that. And it really does seem like it almost creates more of an interest in, Oh man, that game's only $25. That's fantastic. Right. Right. (laughs) Because it's, because it's such a, you know, it's, it's, it's so much less of a, of a buying decision, right. To, to pick up something that's $30 or less. Uh, instead of, oh, it's $180. Am I going to, mm-hmm. do I really want it? Am I really going to pick this up? Um, but it just seems like, it seems like there's a lot of uh, fatigue out there. I feel like, you know, when it comes to that and it's, it's, I mean, obviously you don't have to have those things. We all know that. Right. But it's, you know, it's, that's that fear of missing out. Right. Particularly I think with crowdfunding, because there's kind of that, that reality of if I pass on it now, am right, I going to be able right. to get a copy of this? Now to Drew's point, I probably can pick that up from one of those suckers. I mean, one of those people like me that bought it, right? Um, <laughs> you know, there's going to be copies of it out there in the yeah, world. Yeah, down the line. Mm-hmm. And you can usually pick those up for cheaper than what they, you know, back the project for. But, I mean, the reality is that sometimes that's not true. Sometimes they just, you know, they, they, it's a good enough game. It doesn't, a lot of the copies don't change hands and it's really hard to find. And Well, anything's going to be available. Like, you can always find a copy of something. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I don't, I really don't crowdfund that much. Usually it's stuff from established publishers that I know and I'm friendly with them and I want to support them and things like that. I'm usually more likely to crowdfund something to support the person than to get the game. I mean, I'll get the game too and that's great. Um, But like there have been so many times when, you know, something will go into crowdfunding and the buzz is so, so big. And then the game comes and it's just kind of a dud of a game. And the way I look at it is like, if you crowdfund a game a month, right or a game let's say a game every other month that's six games right if two of those are duds that you're never going to play again you've spent x amount of dollars right like if if you took those two games off and you just paid a mild premium to get things after the fact that you know that you want based on reviews and all this other stuff i think you probably end up net positive anyway that's my take Mm -hmm. um but i don't know i'm just super pragmatic because i'm cheap (laughs) level headed to a fault really (laughs) well and i think kind of like uh bringing it back to conventions i think that's another reason why i love them because i get to play these games that i'm like do i want it and then i get to see if i like it like i'll get to demo it or see it up close or even get a full playthrough of it in and then realize oh i do like that game okay i want that one like i know i want to buy it you know it gives me a good opportunity to really check them out and make sure i want to buy them further you you actually make the publisher so much more money when you buy directly from them mm-hmm. right because they're not That's selling true. into distribution so they're not selling yeah. at half of msrp so even if they sell a game at 25 percent off they're still making more than if they put that game in distribution so it's still a right. great way to support publishers while sitting at their table because they're getting you know functionally press right i mean even they just mm-hmm. take a, t- a picture of their booth and there's people sitting there playing their game nobody wants a picture of an empty booth right so you're helping right. them by playing their games then you're helping them by buying their games and you're helping yourself because you know that that's a game that you actually want to buy right unless exactly. you're drew and you just randomly buy games <laughs> right for Mar- for, Mar- for marshall's <laughs> hey you see them in the wild there you go Look, that's the closest thing to thrifting I got. So leave me be, okay? It's fine. You know what's funny? Every time I go to, like, 
I go to Savers up here instead of Goodwill, whatever. But every time I go there and I drop stuff off, I always take a walk through to see how many copies of Cranium. I mean, to see if there's any good games. (laughs) Um, Once in a while, I did once find a copy of Pandemic Legacy Season 1 where the person got like halfway through the setup of the first month and was like, nope, <laughs> done, right? And so like you could like you could literally see the 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 one flap that they half ripped off before they were like, I can't do it. They're like, not for me. <laughs> so, so and it was like twelve dollars. Yeah. God, so I, I did that's buy that. Beautiful. Oh yeah. gosh. I love that. <laughs> I, I actually was scrolling. My phone hears me so much and Facebook hears me so much whenever I talk about buying board games cheap, because I talk about that a lot apparently. <laughs> but there was somebody took a picture in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in and they said it was at an Ollie's and there was like fifty like units of terraforming Mars at an Ollie's for eight dollars. And I was like, Good oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Good. Those posts on Facebook keep me energized when I go into right. those, those stores because there's always those you you see them time after time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is my haul from the Goodwill store, and there's right. eleven awesome games, and they spent nine dollars like, for all of them. In your face. Yeah, oh, we got it for two bucks. Yeah. Exactly. That's Battlestar Galactica is the one that kills me because like it's like two hundred fifty dollars a copy right now, but I remember when that game was seventy five percent off at Barnes and Noble, and they just couldn't get rid of them. And I'm like, yep. oh, if only I knew. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. All right. Well, very good. Well, that's probably about time, don't you think? Yeah. What are we playing this weekend? Anybody have any games they're playing this weekend? Ooh, that's a good question. That is a great question. Um, We are getting ready for our review for Illiterati from Gap Closer Mm -hmm. Games. This is a great game. Heather's nodding her head. Uh, Josh yeah, I have it. Drew, I haven't played you know it. I haven't played it game? yet, but we're going to play so, that too. So that is a game you should play with your 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Illiterati, you can kind of think of it as like a cooperative Bananagrams. Uh, everybody has books, and you need to make words that fulfill the requirements that are in the book. So it might be like, oh, the word has to have two of this symbol in it, or it can only have three vowels or like whatever. It has to be six plus, you know, letters, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but there's a timer, so it's real time. So your you're kind of your primary goal is to just make words with all of your tiles, because if you have too many tiles left over that you didn't make words with, bad stuff happens. So mm-hmm. you make words with, with all the tiles. Those words might not solve the binding requirements of your books but you just need to get the words out there and then you kind of figure out okay i got the words taken care of how can i rejigger this so it fulfills some of the requirements of these books and so you bind some books and then the bad guys come that's the illiterati they're like the illuminati it's like a book joke um and so you're trying to (laughs) bind all of your books and then finish the grand finale uh in this cooperative like bananagrams kind of kind of way um, you know, to, to finish the game. And there's different ways that you can kind of up the difficulty. So you start on an easy one, but it's great because it's bananagrams, but you're like kind of looking over and you're like, Hey buddy, what if you put this thing over there? And Oh, mm-hmm. you can make a word with it. Like, so you, you're really helping each other and your, your kids are learning vocabulary. Um, the art is super fun. I really, I don't know who gap closer uses, but rival restaurants had great art. Illuminati. Oh uh, yeah. Illuminati. Uh, Illiterati has great art. Um, so whoever they use is is really good and I just I think the game is it's a really great home run game for families. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah, we're gonna play that. And I and I have the uh the deluxified version because it was so oh, nice. Wow. Um, do you have the deluxe version, Heather? 
Do you? I do not. I don't think so. So it's got like, um, so instead of like a normal, like you pull the top off the box, it's um, it's kind of oh, like. Oh, you a, pull like it a, out? You pull it out. Oh, it's so nice. I do have that. I do oh, have it's that. So, it feels so good. <laughs> I do have that. We haven't so played it yet, but I'm I am excited to play that one. Yeah, you should get that to the table on the easy mode with your ten year old yeah. for sure. My <laughs> husband and I are definitely going to um get into Mother of Frankenstein this weekend. Volume one. Nice. Uh and start start reading that and doing that one. Which I'm very excited <laughs> to solve the puzzles and we just haven't had to this week's been so busy, we haven't had time to really do anything and other than black hole rainbows a couple of times. But. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited. That's just a nice one for us. That's like we talked about before. Like that's just a nice, like just me and him kind of ourselves. Like once the kids are in bed, like just, you know, have some drinks, you know, and do some mother Frankenstein reading and puzzle solving. That's great. Yeah. Well, we're loading up our family and uh, going to Michigan to visit some extended family for, um, for the holiday and uh, a wedding that's happening after. And, so I'm I'm already trying to figure out what games I can stick in the car that, that they don't take up so much room that everybody notices and it's like why did you bring those? Can I recommend a <laughs> podcast that has episodes on travel games? Hey, what <laughs> podcast might that be? Well, I can't say anything. Drew's got to go with the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not invited. I know how it is, guys. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what are you playing, Drew? Come on. Oh goodness. Okay, we're gonna make this. Uh, gonna make this quick. I actually have quite a few things that I'm gonna try to attempt to play this weekend because I have a lot of games that I have to review and I'm way behind. So I'm gonna try to play Not So Neighborly again by Fam Bam mm-hmm. Games. Yeah. I- it's a really cute game. I've played it once, but I would like to play it again just to kind of get a feel of it. That's a great one for kids too. Right? Yeah, and that's that's going to be something that's going to be quick too. It's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty quick. I'm going to try to break out something heavy and try to get that done. Whether that's I'm playing Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion by myself and going through that campaign. My wife looked at the components, said, "No, I'm good," and that was kind of how that conversation went. <laughs> Does she, is she like my wife? Does she have like a three wizard limit to games? If there's more than three wizards in it, she doesn't want to play it. <laughs> that reference though. Anyways, no. That's an amazing limit. It is, it is. <laughs> no, she. Like it can be a little nerdy, but a lot nerdy, I'm out. She's like, nope. Her <laughs> limit was, I do believe it was like viticulture. Now it's really funny because I will tell her games that I've played or that I have to play for reviews and I'll say, Oh, it won't take that long. And then I'll hide how long that it plays. For example, uh, Eschaton that by Archon games, that one was a deck building game. Took about two to four hours to play it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was interesting, but uh, I'm playing, I got Your a poor wife. <laughs> you don't have anything going on tonight, do you? <laughs> right. <laughs> you're free. I think, I think you're all right. You know, would you care for more mimosa? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get Archon Games uh, other game in Infer- uh, Nexus Infernum. I've been saying that for about three months now that I'm gonna eventually get that to the table, but we'll see. I do have a lot of other ones that I do want to try out, test out, things like that, and be able to play. Um, of course, I got to get her to finally play like Execution uh, by mm-hmm. No Mitch Games. That's a good one. Played that at Gamma. It was a really quick, easy, cute game where it's just 
a cute game about capital punishment. How much <laughs> fun is that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and how many of those have you ever played? Also great for kids, though. <laughs> Surprise. And great for kids. <laughs> they don't know what the words mean. You just have to tell them. Like, like, My son what... loved it. He he enjoyed it. The artwork is adorable. It is. the. Uh, let's see. What is it? Buried alive and the carrots underground. It's like and a it's really smiling. happy carrot yeah, in the ground. happy to be yeah. there. <laughs> so really dark <laughs> in that. But uh, I got I to gotta get... Miss Boredom to play that. I got to get her on board with that. That would be an easy one to convince, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then she'll it's read quick. what it is and say, oh. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how that goes. But I have a lot of catching up to do with the games that I have to do reviews for and everything. And that's those are the games that I have to do for uh, reviews. Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Line, that might be one mm-hmm. that'll just be fun to do by myself. I want to get uh, a few of the games eventually in like the next two weeks that uh, Funko games had sent to me and yes. I, that I got from Funko games and there's like cranium, the 25th anniversary, 25th anniversary yep. edition. Yeah. Yep. There's that one. There's so many others that I have to do. And now y'all the Disney also... animated one is really fun. I want to play that game so bad. It's so good. I played it at a, I played it at gamma. I sat down at a table and played it at one of those smoky <laughs> game nights. <laughs> smoky, very loud, overstimulating game nights. That upstairs. was so weird. <laughs> 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 but I sat down and I committed to playing it. Um, but it was really good. It's very good. It's very collaborative. Um, yeah, really, really good. I'm excited. I have that one, too, that I need to bust out and play with um, my husband and my son. Yeah, I think that one is going to be really cool. I just did an unboxing video of that just the other day, and I was like, these components look really cool because yeah, I've saved gorgeous. all of those games that I've received. I've saved them for that, and I just am like, I'm probably not going to do a review over this for a long time, but I do want to play it. Mm-hmm. And that's one that has room to grow because they could add more Disney movies in, and yeah. I was going and to not say too the many thing. wizards, Josh. So yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Magic Mountain has more than three wizards, but that right. is not a heavy game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so, oh goodness, but this is going to be. So you have a, good a lot set. on your plate, Drew. I know. I'm so behind. <laughs> I just heavy as the head that wears the crown. I uh, know. Mm-hmm. That's right. I gotta. I gotta learn to say no. <laughs> So yeah, that's my biggest thing, and so correction, it's where's the flannel? Okay, that's that's the <laughs> that's it. That's all they want to see. That's all they care about. So yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Once you have you know kids that are old enough to ask for things, you'll learn how to say no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe then you go to some timeshare presentations and you're good to go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, y'all, uh, this has nothing to do with board games, but y'all were telling the story as I was trying to set up my mic, and I didn't get the opportunity to, but I do want to say, I actually had one of those people look at me before for one of those presentations and ask me how much money I made per year, and I told them, uh, this was years ago when I worked at the Amazon factory, and then they looked at my wife and said, well, what do you do? And she said, I'm a student in school, and they literally <laughs> looked at me and said, I'm sorry, you don't make enough money. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there's the door. You can yeah. leave. <laughs> you didn't get the opportunity to say no a million times. I know. <laughs> well, I and that's your origin story on not being able to say no. That right. was it. That was it. <laughs> that's true. You didn't have the practice. <laughs> well, with that, I think that's a podcast. So why don't we start with Andrew? Andrew, tell everybody where they can get a hold of you and find you on the internet. Yeah, uh, the best place to go is on all of the social media at Family Gamers AA. 
stands for Andrew and my wife Anitra, who helps me with the familygamers.com. Uh, so I you didn't can go to family gamers. That's what the double A's were for. Yeah, that's what, it's, it's not Alcoholics <laughs> Anonymous. Um, <laughs> it's Andrew and Anitra. Uh, yeah, so we, you know, I've, I've, I've mentioned a couple of things. We just recorded episode 349. Nice. Which yeah. actually, by the time this comes out, probably will already be out. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And, uh, and yeah, just keep going. We're reviewing games over 500 games at thefamilygamers.com. Great community on Facebook. You can just search for the family gamers community. Heather is in the community now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Heather was on the show. Heather came on the family gamers. Podcast. I was. 347. I saw that. Yeah. 347 was so, my episode. <laughs> I, what was the fact? So I, I come up with a dumb fact for every episode. I've already forgotten. That was like three episodes ago. What was it the fact was... for 347? All right, if you don't remember either, I'd I feel better about it. It was probably dumb. (laughs) It was the thing with bamboo and, oh, what was it? See, Andrew's even struggling with that I'm going to the Family Games website to find out. Yeah, it was something with bamboo. Oh, right. Oh, the the earliest evidence of an oil well was 347 AD. Yeah. And that far back in China, they drilled oil wells over 200 meters deep. With bamboo. With bamboo. Which is insane. That's two yeah, football that fields insane. for everybody playing That's at home. pretty wild. So, anyway. <laughs> you'll learn all sorts of interesting stuff on the Family Gamers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, on Facebook, at Family Gamers AA. Fantastic. How about you, Drew? Yes, of course. You may be able to find me on all of the social medias as Welcome to Boredom. And that is boredom as in board games so b-o-a-r-d-o-m that is welcome to boredom that's where you can find me my my primary areas of where i focus in is in just short form content videos and whatnot and you'll be able to see me do reviews unboxings as well silly skits and act like a doofus on the entire internet to see and it's just a beautiful thing and not really but hey i appreciate your support so you can find me on tiktok instagram youtube whatever fill in the blank you'll be able to find me there so drew Drew does all the web challenges right put cinnamon in your mouth and all the TikTok all the, all the dance challenges. Things, right? I do. I do. I'm a decent dancer, okay? I'm <laughs> big guy who's light on his feet. Twinkle toes is what they call right. me. So I am I am very excited. I have a lot like I have about six unboxings that are gonna come out in the next two weeks. I have a couple of reviews that are coming up as well. I got all these games that I have to play. As well, I'm coming up with silly skits and things like that that'll be uh, pretty fun. Uh little inside to it on TikTok. There's this weird thing where they're doing this trend now where they're making fun of McDonald's grimace shakes. So uh, basically people drink it and then people will have some sort of negative reaction to it just as jokes and what because it's a mcdonald's grimace shake exactly (laughs) that's exactly what it is and that's the trend the only milkshake they can make because their shake machine is always down (laughs) (laughs) you know i hear that all the time but the ones near me they're always fine yeah i don't don't you must live in a little weird bubble they don't they don't even have one where i'm at so it's all good (laughs) 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 way too broke for that around here anyways (laughs) 
Uh, and I'm, the skit that I'm doing is is just this little comedy skit of board gamers will do anything in order to make sure that people will stay and play board games with them. So it's just going to be it's going to be pretty interesting uh, with that as well as other things that'll be going on on my channel. So be sure to check it out. I actually as well I do giveaways quite often. I actually got done with three giveaways this past month. So be sure to check out and see all the stuff that I can be able to do and help out get some free things of course mm -hmm. of course we're here to help each nice. other out you're a gamer i'm a gamer we're all gamers let's be able to help each other out and get free stuff and everyone understands cheap people i do right, right. i do <laughs> i do and the final thing that i'll say is i'm signing off i'm sorry this goodbye has been way too long <laughs> don't read your rule books there we go too, <laughs> too long too long didn't read nice how about you miss heather so you can find me um, all over social media, uh, Board Gaming Mama, all one word, all together, um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. I do short form videos. I post uh, reviews, um, unboxings as well, uh, over a few videos. Um, I'm going to put up my list of the top 10 things I saw at Origins. That'll be coming up soon. And then um, I also stream on Twitch uh, Wednesday and Saturday nights at 8 p.m. So you can see board games and digital content and then also on YouTube. So all Board Gaming Mama, follow and check it out. And on the Family Gamers podcast. I was hey, that's for true. That. That's true. Yeah. Family <laughs> Gamers podcast number 347. <laughs> it was a good time. We had a great time. I also just guest starred. Actually, you can find... I have an episode that'll probably come out next month on Sovereignty's YouTube channel. I just guest starred and played Wizard Kittens. Oh, that is a um, cute game. Which is nice. adorable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there might be too many wizards. But they're kittens, Josh. So oh, they well, that, should be okay. I mean, <laughs> if, if you anthropomorphize a cute animal, right, that there, takes away some of the adorable game. For sure. Right. Adorable sure. game. So I got that to play sense. that with Danny. Um, Another and awesome really Danny fun. in the board game industry. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's Danny Lowe, Danny Sandring. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, so many. many. So, so that many that episode should be coming out next month as well. That'll be on Sovereignty's YouTube channel. So keep an eye out. Very good. Well, you can find me um, on most of the social media platforms as Play Salamander. That's our Salamander Games content that's out there. Uh, I've also been hard at work at getting our new CornerGameTable.com website put together. Uh, there's still some content we need to fill in, but uh, I was trying to make a suitable presence out there for us. So that's ongoing. And uh, you can also find the, the podcast uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at uh, Corner Game Table. So uh, we encourage you to come out and connect with us. Send us questions, issues, concerns. Uh, tell Drew what he's doing wrong. Anything you feel like talking about, we will <laughs> gladly listen. I'm just wow. making the game better. That's all I want. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Very good. Well, we don't have, we still don't have a uh, uh, an outro phrase to end the podcast. Uh, we decided last time that it's going to be organic. So uh, I guess we'll sign off with play games and stuff. Play games yeah. and things. Play right. games try and to things. Attend your, try, try to attend your local gaming convention. Since we Heck talked about yeah, conventions. Yeah, that's a good one. Right. Buy deluxe versions of games. There we go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Buy your friends deluxe versions of games. There you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Until next time. Bye. Take care.